Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ten years. I mean, that is just terrifying. We may as well start digging our own graves now. And I'll make sure I give The Undertaker a call as long as we promise him a 10-minute long entrance. I think he'll agree. But yeah, a decade ago today, 27th of June 2011, CM Punk cut his now infamous pipe bomb promo and kind of changed the wrestling world. Yeah, I don't mean that the next week's Raw did crazy ratings, all of a sudden the Attitude Era was back. But I do know for a fact, because people got in contact with me, that Laps fans were like, oh my gosh, who's this CM Punk guy? And that interest surrounding the product started to go up and up and up. More importantly, it got people excited about world wrestling entertainment, which is really all you ever need to do. And it turned CM Punk into a flipping superstar. He grabbed his ball and he ran with it. It wasn't like the whole work shoot promo was anything new. I mean, WCW in the early 2000s absolutely loved them. But the difference here was that it was real. It wasn't forced and you knew that Punk meant every single word that he said. So given that all his anger and animosity was aimed at Vince McMahon, Triple H and John Laurinaitis, three people who were basically controlling the damn promotion, you just scratched your head and thought to yourself, well, I know they wouldn't allow this to happen without allowing it to happen, but has he maybe just gone into business for himself? And when you do that, wrestling is the best. I mean, he mentioned Ring of Honor, Colt Cabana, how crap WWE was, and it did something deep down inside of you when you just wanted to grab your phone and text your friends to see if they had seen it, and if they hadn't seen it, they need to go watch it and then get back to you because you just wanted to talk about it by that water cooler. The real driving force behind it, though, is that we were also being served a huge dose of reality. Because while CM Punk kept going, hey, my contract's up in a few weeks, well, behind the scene, his contract was not only up in a few weeks, but Vince McMahon had told the creative team, after the 17th of July, money in the bank, you probably should stop writing plans for him, because we don't know what he's going to do. So he was running his mouth, he was on the verge of exiting, which was enough to allow you to suspend your disbelief and say, well, I don't know how this has spilled onto my television set, but boy, howdy, am I having a good time. Even the behind-the-scenes newsletters were confused about this one, because they were like, oh, I'm sure John Cena will win at the pay-per-view, and if Punk somehow does manage to be victorious, WWE will just send out the money in the bank winner to catch their briefcase in. And while that almost happened, it didn't, and we got the iconic image of CM Punk kissing Vince McMahon goodbye. And we've also done our retro ups and downs for that show. Please go watch it. But the point is, is that few actually thought he would leave Money in the Bank as the champion and act like he had quit the company. That's why all of this was pretty much perfect. Just to draw a line under it as well, everything Punk did say back in 2011 is kind of still relevant today. More money than sense was the overarching theme. 
let's just leave it there for now. It was a proper crazy time for the WWE as well because they were also negotiating with Brock Lesnar to come back to the company. Now in 2021, it's like, yeah, so who cares? But in 2011, the last time these two had been on the same page was like in the early 2000s. And then Brock had turned around and said, yeah, look, thanks for paying me millions of dollars and making me the youngest champion ever, but I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to leave. While it was a good few months before that was going to happen, all the way in April 2012, it did. And the first thing Brock did was beat up John Cena, because that's just the era we were living in. You came in, and if you wanted to make some kind of wahoo hey, you beat up John. Outside of this too, Andy Levine had just won the brand new series of Tough Enough. And if you also fast forward to April the next year, when Brock Lesnar came back, he got released. I mean, what a waste of time. Still, June 27th, 2011, Las Vegas, Nevada, Monday Night Raw, and a truly excellent time period all around. Let's up those downs. Who even remembers that this show was focused around Raw Roulette, which is kind of topical because the rumors have said, oh my gosh, Raw Roulette's going to come back soon. And it starts with Shawn Michaels, who's like, hey, I know I retired, but I can't stay away. Although secretly he's just there to advertise his hunting show. The best part of this though is that he is interrupted by CM Punk. Now I did start to laugh because here we are 10 years later and Raw is still doing send the guy out to cut a promo and then send somebody else out to interrupt. But Punk is just on the money here and as we know about to shoot off into the stratosphere. Every single word that comes out of his mouth you're just on tenterhooks. He's also the leader of the new Nexus in June 2011. Another piece of information that had just been lost to time. And here he is flanked by Michael McGillicuddy and David Atunga, who are also the tag team champions. I mean, how did that happen? HBK then super kicks David Atunga, because of course we can't have this young up-and-coming star get outside of his lane when that stupid blah, blah noise goes off. And that's right, it's the anonymous general manager. And I think we've talked about the anonymous general manager here on Retro Ups and Downs, but I will just let you know, I thought it was absolute garbage. I mean, it was a stupid idea even before we knew who was behind it, but just take this in the context that it's been given. Everybody just waits for a computer to make a noise, then we're like, oh, magical computer. We will do whatever the hell you said. Also, just from a, well, that doesn't make sense point of view, how the hell did the anonymous general manager always manage to send an email at the exact right moment? They've got pointless news as well because they tell us that CM Punk has to be involved in a match tonight. So Booker T spins the raw roulette wheel because Booker T has come back to do this. And as it turns out, he is going to have to fight Kane. Of course it's Kane, that was just a 2011 thing. You've done something bad, you gotta fight Kane. Michaels then boots McGillicuddy as well so that CM Punk has to fight the big red machine by himself. And also to let you know, if you liked Michael McGillicuddy, you're an absolute moron. And then yeah, it is Kane versus CM Punk. And to be honest, it's fine. And the major reason for this is the finish, which is pants by the way, cause CM Punk just gets himself counted out, but it tied into the bigger picture. Cause you're like, well is WWE doing that because he's really leaving? Is he not really leaving? I don't know what is going on. So the intrigue and the interest is there and you can kind of do whatever you want on wrestling TV, as long as the intrigue and interest in there. Which is why all of this had me hooked, even though I know what's gonna happen. Uh, WWE then went WWE, cause they go back to the wheel and the next match is going to be between Evan Bourne and Sinkara with the stipulation, there goes the wheel, don't know what that was. It's a no count out match. Seconds after, we had just seen a count out. These guys do go out there and have a great bout though. And really it's just a shame what happened to them. I mean, Evan Bourne wasn't very big and we know how that goes in WWE. And Sin Cara did have all the potential in the world, but he dropped the ball all of the time because he kept botching his moves. And apparently, rumouredly, behind the scenes, 
he was really hard to get up with. In terms of the finish though, it all comes down to the fact that Evan Bourne goes for his shooting star press and he misses. And in my memory, whether it's right or wrong, he would always go for the shooting star press and he would always miss, so why the hell doesn't he learn from it? Anyway, he does land on his feet, but Sin Cara is waiting for him. He hits La Mystica and he gets the one, two, three. And don't get it all screwed up in your brain either. Sin Cara gets a massive pop here, so we did have something with him, but like I say, he just screwed everything up. And that's not his fault these things happened. I mean, I remember that one time he was doing his trampoline entrance and he screwed that up as well. I don't mean to laugh. Quite funny. So yeah, all in all, I thought this was quite fun. I don't get mad at fun. I give it up. Amazingly, this is a match-heavy Raw too, and as we know, we don't get much of those. When Kofi Kingston goes to see Booker T to spin that Raw roulette wheel, and my word, I couldn't believe it, because that man has barely aged at all. He then gets screwed over by Vicky Guerrero. Because just as he is about to find out what his match is going to be, Vic goes in there, and she does it instead, because of course, this was a time period where she and Dolph Ziggler were banging, I suppose. And as Kofi was about to fight Ziggles, she thought she'd go do it for him. Sadly for her, it lands on player's choice. So Kofi decides, ha Vic, you're now going to have to be banned from ringside. And I was like, Kofi Kingston, it was player's choice. Why didn't you say whoever does win this next match will become the number one contender? Maybe MVP was right. The referee also does ensure that she flitters away, but then yeah, it's Dolphy Boy Ziggles versus Kofi Kingston, he of the future New Day fame. These two, no matter what the year, are never going to have a bad match. Up. There's not much to say about it either. It goes exactly like how you think it would do, especially the fact that Dolph lost, because one, he is Dolph Ziggler and he just loses, but also two, his bow wasn't at ringside, and usually he'd have to use his manager or second to get victories. So yeah, Kofi Kingston gets the nod. However, the finish is really cool because Kofi does that weird, I'm gonna throw my neck into the ropes things and rebound off of it. He then turns around, hits the trouble in paradise. Once more, the fans go, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I've just seen. And he gets the win. I really like seeing Kofi from 10 years ago. He's even better now, obviously, but the man always has wrestling in his boots. This Raw is also kind of topical because of course the whole point of being in this roulette wheel is just that we could go, oh, stipulation, 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 which is what we've also been doing recently. So that's why we do indeed go back to it where we saw Alberto Del Rio and Maurice. And while Maurice spins on behalf of Alberto, he absolutely flubs up as well because he's about to take on the big show in, round, round, round it goes. A steel cage match. And this kind of does underline how dumb WWE stipulations have become because the whole point of a steel cage match was to keep people out. That's why it was invented. Oh my gosh, this dude is out of control. Everybody keeps getting involved. Well, now we're going to lock you in this structure and one of you is going to have to win. Which is why in around about five minutes, out comes Mark Henry. He rips the flipping door off the thing though, like he's Kane circa 1997. And because Alberto Daria had the absolute flubbins kicked out of him and because he's a coward, he uses this to crawl to the door and falls to the floor and he gets the win. So the commentators are like, oh my gosh, he's beating the big show even though he hasn't. But all of this is saved because of the aftermath. Because Henry then gets that door and he runs into the Big Show who is leaning against the side of the cage and he hits him so hard, and because the cage had been gimmicked, that the side falls over and Big Show goes tumbling out the ring. 
that looked pretty good. It absolutely would have pissed off the video game developers because they would have been watching it going, man, now we've got to try and work that spot into the game. Otherwise, Reddit is going to kill us. And actually, this was a decent angle because it kept the feud between Mark Henry and the Big Show going. And it protected Alberto Del Rio, who, of course, was about to become Mr. Money in the Bank. So it does exactly what it was meant to do. And look, I'll just be honest with you, was far more fun and enjoyable than a lot of those post-WrestleMania roars we got in 2021. Next, however, thanks to the wheel, is Nikki Bella versus Kelly Kelly in a submission match. Okay. Now, it's actually not as bad as you think, and both wrestlers actually hold their own. But the problem is, it must have gone about seven seconds. Like, Nikki Bella locks in an armbar, and Kelly Kelly goes, ah, like she's screaming like a crazy person. But then she reverses it into a Boston Crab. And Nikki Bella just tapped out. Bree then attacks her after the match, after doing one of the most comical facial expressions you've ever seen in your life, before Eve Torres makes the save. And honestly, from the start to the finish of this, they get no time at all. No wonder we need a revolution. And because of that, it's gotta get it down. I mean, I'm kind of unemotionally attached to it because there was nothing to emotionally attach to. You then just got a bunch of drugs and madness injected right into your face because it went like this. Rey Mysterio is spinning the wheel when he learns he's gonna be in a tornado tag match later when DDP walks in and goes, oh my gosh, hey everybody, the new WCW DVD is out hosted by me and then Drew McIntyre walks in and goes, oh, I hate you WCW guys. You're taking up all my TV time when Shawn Michaels is also there. He super kicks Sweet Tim Music's Drew McIntyre who goes down. Then he makes a joke about the WCW DVD and he walks off. I mean, this whole segment was an assault on the senses and it just made me go good grief. Also, Drew McIntyre is so young here you could convince me that he was the offspring of Drew McIntyre, although he did tell the truth. He's like, oh, I'm going to be the future of WWE. He took 10 years, but hey, that man did it, and he's the best. It was then time for that Tornado tag match, and the sheer randomness of this, because it's Rey Mysterio teaming with Alex Riley, which I don't remember, and they're taking on Jack Swagger and The Miz. But look, I like Tornado tag matches. We don't do them enough, and it also legally allows all the guys to be in the ring, which is what wrestling does with tag matches anyway, so up. Mysterio also starts using Swagger as some kind of apparatus to jump off and do moves, and I know he comes up all the time here on Retro Ups and Downs, but 10 years ago when Ray was in his mid-30s and I think had dodgy knees, he is still absolutely tremendous. Now in 2021, he's absolutely tremendous. In the mid-90s, he was absolutely tremendous. If you want to come in here and tell me he could be the best wrestler ever, I'm going to nod along and say, you know what, I think you're right. He rarely does anything wrong. Mrs. Swagger are also a pretty good team because at one point Ray dives out of the ring and they grab him and knee him right in the face. And I realized at this juncture, huh, I'm having a good time with this as well. Maybe WWE did used to be better back then. Mysterio is also countering everything and trying to hit the 619 as best as he can. And that's basically the story here. Eventually he does hit the 619 to Jack Swagger. He falls into Alex Riley who gives a DDT. Rey Mysterio being the quickest man in the world is on the top rope. He hits the splash. He gets the victory. The fans react to this like he's just won the world championship. So I couldn't help it. It came out the TV. It made me feel all warm and fuzzy. That's all I ever asked for and all I ever need. And I can't even tell you why they were fighting because I had completely forgotten the story. Also, don't pretend with me, given this, that we weren't going to do something with Mr. Riley. And I guess we're never going to find out what did happen with it. Like somebody got involved with his push and it's been heavily hinted that that somebody was John Cena. But the evidence isn't out there. So we can only guess and we can only speculate. I mean, maybe John Cena wanted to go to the gym with Alex Riley. Alex Riley said, no thanks, John, I like to train by myself. 
mean, that's absolutely stupid. But if you've got a better idea, put it in the comments. I was then so happy because I remembered that in 2011, our truth was having the run of his life. Like he had done all that little Jimmy stuff and got himself over as this crazy person, meaning that he was in the main event of Monday Night Raw against the man who can't be seen. He is also here to spin the well to find out that the stipulation between the two is gonna be a tables match. And we actually do all remember that because when CM Punk is cutting that promo in your head you go, and of course Johnny Boy was laying in some wood. What we don't talk about enough though is the fact that R-Truth then beats John Cena in the main event of Monday Night Raw. And I know CM Punk comes out and he causes a distraction just as John Cena is about to win, but I don't care. Imagine I told you in 2021 that R-Truth had beaten Bobby Lashley in a tables match. You would punch me right in the face because you don't like liars. But this did happen and goes to show that we should move Truth out of the 24-7 stuff and we should give him last one proper push. That was gibberish, but you know what I meant. He has the chops and he deserves it. Fortunately, he gets no momentum from this at all because as soon as he has put John through the table, he just vanishes. He understands what's going to happen next has nothing to do with him. And the finish is good because CM Punk is getting out the way. Then he dodges and Truth just goes and spears Cena through that table. I thought it looked pretty good. Which, of course, is when it happens. One of the most pivotal and important moments in modern WWA history. It was like someone from the internet had snuck or sneaked or snooken onto the Raw set and was allowed to cut a promo. And to this day, no matter how many times you watch it, you'll never believe that CM Punk was given the green light to say these things, but he was. And that's why it's not just an up, obviously the golden up. And I'm not gonna recite it word for word because I've seen other people do that and I think it's really weird and really cringy and really, really awkward. But if you've never seen it, make sure you go out of your way to read the context and understand what was going on at the time. Then sit your ass down and tune in. I mean, it is so damn good, even after all this time. This might get cut off towards the end, which is dumb, because if he was legitimately going off script, he wouldn't have got more than five words out. But once again, it's just more proof how well this came across. I didn't think that at the time. I just sat there and I was like, okay, I mean, would WWE let him do that? Wouldn't they let him do that? Blah, blah. And then you search the internet trying to find out all the news that you can. That's when you know when you took the ball, bam, and hit a home run. But it just tells a great story, and you do that however you can, and do not forget that after this, CM Punk was suspended for doing something he shouldn't have done, and that was just more information for your brain, as you essentially had a damn meltdown. Sorry me to keep going on about it, but it actually feels real. And again, yes, wrestling will always be best when it feels real. It doesn't have black goo coming out around the audience's face. And sure, it's a shame about everything that happened after this during the summer of Punk with Alberto Daria and Kevin Nash and Triple H, but I have to worry about that. I'm 2021, Simon. That's 2011, Simon's problem. So I'm just going to look back through rose-tinted shades and enjoy it for the nostalgic bomb that it is. But it is top stuff. It is great stuff. It's still incredibly topical, which is as worrying as it is cool. And seeing Punk was right. He just was. I defy anyone to try and come up with an argument against his prediction for the future, which is why even if we come back to this in 2031, we'll probably still all be nodding, going, man, CM Punk, he knew what he was doing, which is also why 10 years on, people still want him to come back because they believed in the character and they believed in that guy. That's wrestling right there for you people. Make sure you go and watch it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 